When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. What's going on, fine citizens? Welcome into the Throwdown Thursday edition of the Detroit City Cast, brought to you by our good friends at Bet Rivers. Lots to get to today. I want to talk about the latest bracketology for both Michigan and Michigan State off of the Wolverines. Big win on Tuesday night at Chrysler Center. Also, going to give you some tips and tricks to bet conference tournaments, and of course the NCAA tournament. We're going to be talking about this throughout the next couple of weeks, and we'll take a trip to the Motown betting window presented by Bet Rivers. And, and I want to start with this, and you know, one of the, the reasons, many reasons I love this show, of course, I love being connected to all of you. There are so many of you that love Detroit sports, that love betting, that love what's going on, you know, in this, this betting legal landscape these days. And there are many of you that have been betting for a long time like myself. I mean, I really kind of started when I was in middle school doing parlay cards, which I should have been doing as a 10, you know, a 12, 13-year-old kid, and betting ping pong uh, with my friend Joey Berger uh, before class started at Warner Middle School. So apologies for that back in the, in the day when I was a youngster. Uh, but I've been doing this for a long time, and many of you have as well. But there are a lot of you that are new to this. I had someone actually call me today who's been betting forever, maybe not as much sports as just regular stuff like you know, playing blackjack and Bach and, and all those different kind of things, poker. Uh, but, you know, it's bet sports for a while. But called me to ask me about Ron Robbins. Uh, and, you know, are they worth it? You know, how do they work? Uh, and, and I'm not going to get into Ron Robbins today. It's a very convoluted uh, process, but definitely can be valuable for you. And I know, uh, you know, it's, it's something that people are able to bet now as the legal apps continue uh, to, to ramp up here in the States. And, you know, I think it's very important for some of you novice bettors that love having action on games, that are listening to people like me. And I'm not saying I know everything, but I've been doing this for a long time and I've always been very successful betting myself. Uh, You know, finding what the value is, how to bet on certain things, and how to be profitable. And I'm going to continue, obviously, always on this show as well as giving you picks and breaking down games and breaking down odds and, and all that kind of stuff and giving you reaction, of course, big games here in the state of Michigan. I'm going to always try to teach you what I know to the best of my ability, because I've I, listen, I've learned a lot on my own. I taught myself a lot, but I've had some incredible mentors when it's come to the betting game. I mean, I have lived in Costa Rica and worked for people that have you know owned sports books. I know sharp handicappers around the country that have done this for a living for decades. Uh, I know huge bettors that are really sharp bettors that have always been successful, and I've learned from the best. And I've also you know throughout my career interviewed and become very close friends with many you know very not just well-known, but incredibly respected odds makers 
you know, not handicappers that are, you know, giving out picks or have a system or whatever, but odds makers that set the lines. So I've learned from the inside out how all this stuff works. And let me tell you this, it's, it's like in broadcasting or in medicine or in any career you're in. If you think you can't get better, you should give up. I can always learn more and I can always teach you more. And I thought today we could have a, a discussion about ways you can be very smart to bet conference tournaments, but also more so March Madness, which we have a little time to get to before the tournament starts. And I'll be out in Vegas for March Madness. And of course, give me a lot of plays while I'm out there. Give me the, the flavor and the sights and sounds I get into the Super Bowl. And when I was out there for the AFC, NFC title games, there really is no better place in the world to be aside from the actual games themselves than Vegas for a big sports weekend or a big sports game. Uh, it's There's just nothing better because for, for so long, that was the only legal place in this country you could place a sports bet. But now with the legal betting apps like here in Michigan, where I'm at, Pennsylvania, uh, you know, New Jersey and other states, things are, are ramping up and getting bigger. But there's it's still, there's nothing like going to Vegas, making that wager at the window, getting your drink ticket. For me, it's for a Red Bull. For others, maybe it's for a Bloody uh, Mary or a Martini or whatever it is. Um, and then cashing it after the game's over. I mean, I could bet on the apps when I'm in Vegas, and I do, but I go to the window a lot, especially when I'm obviously doing horse racing because you got to go there and make your bets as you know races go off, and it's kind of a crazy process. But to get into where we're at with betting on college basketball, we've talked about this for the last few weeks, especially after football. I mentioned for me that I bet college hoops the entire season, but the focus for me during football, especially when college and the pros are going, is on football because it's the it's the most value when it comes to that, you know, compared to betting on baseball or basketball or the NHL or the NBA. It's, it's by far the most value. So that was my primary focus. But of course, I was paying attention to college, betting college, looking at some value and in, in lines on overs and unders and, and obviously spreads and money lines. And we've talked about that on this show. I, I would always give you plays when I liked them, but I didn't have as many plays because I wasn't as focused on trying to find the value in college basketball early in the year because there isn't a ton of it compared to what it is now. I mean, the cream is rising to the top. Teams are getting hot. Teams are falling off. Bubbles are going to burst. And we discussed, you know, for example, the value of taking a team like Michigan to get to the Final Four. They're the third most bet team by money at Bet Rivers. 30-1, to 30-35-1 to 35 to 1 for a team like Michigan to make the Final Four. Not a likely thing to happen, but you got to look at the, the fact that people are betting them, which means there's a lot of money maybe from the Sharps out there. And you're getting a tremendous amount of value for a team that was looked at as a top five team in the preseason, had a disappointing regular season at times. But if they get things together with Dickinson and Diabate and Williams and so many others, they can really go on a run. And, and that's what we you know try to look for when it comes to betting this time of year because the cream is really rising to the top. But I want to give you three different things that I think are, are very important to know during the conference you know tournament schedule as well as the NCAA tournament. The first thing is a lot of these games are going to be very, very tight. And that's where I'm not a huge totals better. I've told you this, you know, with full disclosure on the show, I will bet totals. I bet three totals yesterday, one, two, lost one. I, I won one by a miracle. Actually had an under the cover by a point. But during this time of year, there is a tremendous value identifying both overs and unders because some of these totals are way off. And I'll give you an example. Let's say you've got a tournament game between two teams that are only going to make the tournament if they win their conference tournament, like in the Atlantic Sun or in the, the, the Sun Belt or whatever conference you want to throw out there, even maybe the ACC or the Big East or the Big Ten, whatever it is. If you look at the teams, and obviously you're not looking at teams, let's say for an over, 
that are scoring, you know, very low points per game. You know, obviously you got to look at the different factors. But if you've got a team like that where you know it's going to be intense, possessions are going to be stretched out, there is value in looking at whether you're going to go over that point total or under that point total. Because you have so many games where you're going to have extended possessions as opposed to, you know, during a game maybe at home for one of these teams during the regular season, maybe they're going to be more willy-nilly and kind of run the ball more than they would if they were on the road and you've got that whole home factor and road factor. When you have neutral sites, you're going to have a lot more kind of gritty play in many different situations. And that's where sometimes you want to look at unders. Because you might have, like the total I mentioned that I won by a half point was a 150 and a half. And they scored 149 points. So that's a perfect example of really finding the tremendous kind of value, whether it's one side of a total or the other. The other side is this. Let's say you've got, you know, a team like Duke that's playing one of the weaker teams in the ACC. And you think that the total is kind of where it needs to be to go over. You Duke doesn't need to win that game to get to the tournament. But they might go out there and just continue to pour things on. Or maybe even a better example would be, well, Duke's a good example for this too. Trying to become a one seed. They want to get style points like you see happen in football sometimes where teams are going for two up by 40 late in the fourth quarter. That's a situation where you got to look at taking it over. So totals are very valuable, and we'll continue to discuss these on this show as we go forward throughout the conference tournament season and getting into the NCAA basketball tournament season as well. And it's very, very important to kind of do your research. Obviously, I'll give you some plays, and there's a lot of great information out there for you where you can see... You know, even just going on different sports apps will show you teams' pace, like how many they're averaging a game. And you can look back at the last five games, the last ten games, and see how many of these teams are scoring and kind of judge it that way as well. There's a lot of information out there. you got to do your homework. You can't just willy-nilly just kind of look at the card and say, all right, I like this. you got to look at things. That's how you become profitable. So that's one of the very important things you want to look at when it comes to betting during conference tournament time in March Madness. Number two. And this is another really great way to up your profit margin and make smart wagers. Looking at teams situationally, where you've got teams that are fighting to keep their season going, and you've got other teams that don't have to win. I mean, obviously, another example would be a team like uh, going to the Big Ten with Wisconsin. They're in the tournament no matter what. They can lose their first round game or whatever the first game they play based on their seed if they have a buy or double buy in the Big Ten. They're going to the tournament. They're a top 15, top 25 team. They're going to be in. But a team like Northwestern in the Big Ten or, you know, even Indiana, uh, Nebraska, they're not going unless they, I mean, Indiana can still get in if they win a couple games in the tournament. But Nebraska, Northwestern, they're not getting in unless they win the Big Ten. So you look at some of the point spreads. And yes, there's going to be some very big disparities. I'll give you a perfect example. A couple days ago, Oakland was playing IUPUI. IUPUI is one of the worst teams in the country. Oakland was minus 24 and a half. I believe it got to 25. IUPUI is not a good team, but that is an absurd amount of points for an opening round game in the Horizon League tournament. And at the half, I think it was a two or a four point game, and Oakland, I think, won by nine. Those are the kind of games you want to look for Either you have a favorite that is way too low of a favorite, but normally it's the other side, a dog that's getting way, way, way too many points. Now, you can't do this in every situation, but that IUPUI example is a perfect one with you. Like another example of the Big Ten tournament. Let's say Nebraska's playing Wisconsin. Nebraska's got no chance unless they win the Big Ten. 
They're not a great team, but they at least can play reasonable basketball at times. Let's say Wisconsin's like a 23-point favorite. Obviously, can Wisconsin cover? Of course. But if you look at a certain things, you know, recent play, maybe Nebraska, you know, has, has had a good few games leading into the Big Ten tournament, and you can kind of bang that number and say, okay, yeah, could Wisconsin blow them out? Of course they could. But you've got a team that has literally got their back against the wall, has no other option but to win and win out and get into the NCAA tournament. And you got a Wisconsin team that's not going to go through the motions. They're well coached. They're very talented. <clears throat> but that's a tremendous amount of points. So those are the things you want to look at when it comes to these situations and conference tournaments and then obviously further in the NCAA tournament. Now, the third thing is this, and this is actually really more for when you get into the NCAA tournament. I mean, it works sometimes in conference tournaments as well, but it's really for the NCAA tournament. Teams that are seated way too high and teams that are seated way too low. If you're a better of any, you know, merit when it comes to the NCAA tournament, you know the 12-5 game has a lot of upsets. And the reason is this. Obviously, you look at the numbers, you know, 12 seed is four off the, the, the highest seed you can be, and the five seed is four off the lowest you can be. So it's kind of a, a merging of things where it's like right in the middle for perfect balance in that sense. But mainly it's because so often in those seeding spots, you have a five seed that should either be a three or like an eight seed. You have a 12 seed that maybe should be an eight seed. So there's a lot of disparity sometimes when it comes to overseeded or underseeded teams. And that doesn't really happen in the conference tournaments as much, but it can happen. You can have a team playing in the opening round that has no business playing in the opening round that probably was good enough to get a bye, but just based on some losses here and there, some bad luck, didn't get that bye. And vice versa, you might have a team that is like the 13th seed in the conference that is playing in the opening round, that has been playing unbelievable basketball as of late, just got locked into their bad seeding, and has a great chance, you know, maybe getting four or five or six points against a team that's better than them, but not, you know, like a, a top four seed in an opening round of a tournament. And you want to bang that team because they're going to give you a lot of value uh, when it comes to what they are late in the season. So very important things to look at. I just gave you three. I got a lot more I'll give you throughout the NCAA basketball tournament, but those are all very important things. Focus on totals in this conference basketball uh, and then uh, conference tournament basketball season, as well as the NCAA tournament. Look at teams that obviously are desperate to make a run and have their backs against the wall. And then, of course, in really more in the NCAA tournament, overseeded, underseeded. There's a lot of value there. And you got to, you know, be very careful because if you don't jump on some of those overseeded or underseeded teams early, the lines are going to go balloon one way or the other. Like, let's say there is a 12 seed that should be closer to a 9 or an 8 seed, and they're getting like three points in that game. It might go down to a pick -em. Eventually, I've seen 12 seeds you know, be favorites in recent years. One or two point favorites against a five seed. That obviously should happen because if you're a five seed, you should be way better than a 12 seed. That's seven seeds off the line. So those are three ways that you can be very profitable and make smart wagers. If you do a little research and spend some time on it as we get into conference basketball season as well as the NCAA basketball tournament, the big dance. Hope you enjoyed that and got some information from that. I'll continue to give you as much knowledge as I can give you uh, on this show always, but especially through uh, the big March Madness run to the April Championship, one of the best times of the year. And then, obviously, of course, after the NCAA title game, you got the Masters, a tradition unlike any other. And then hopefully baseball at some point, looks like maybe mid-May at the earliest because the two sides can't even come close to getting together. 
All right, coming up, we'll take a look at the up-to-the-second bracketology for both Michigan and Michigan State. What a huge win for the Wolverines. I told you they were going to win that game pretty big uh, a couple days ago on the show. They get a big win against their in-state rival, Michigan State, split that season series. Iowa and Ohio State left for the Wolverines. It sure looks like they're in the tournament. And yes, they still could fall out if crazy things happen. And there's a lot of bid thieves out there. But the way Michigan looked against Michigan State, they should be in. Michigan State, obviously, of course, is firmly in right now. We'll see where the latest bracketology is with that. Coming straight up here on the Throwdown Thursday edition of the Detroit CityCast. Brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. All right, let's check the latest bracketology up to the second here on this fine throwdown Thursday. And, you know, Joe Inardi uh, has yet to update his bracket after the big Michigan win over Michigan State uh, in, in the last version of his bracket. Uh, and Michigan is one of the last four buys. I believe they're going to move up in that scenario uh, after the win over Michigan State. Uh, the Wolverines were an 11 seed with the, the seed arrow going down. So that probably will either even out at 11 or maybe up to a 10 seed, possibly a 9 seed. So that's playing a team like Sandy, or excuse me, LSU, St. Mary's, uh, Davidson, San Francisco, uh, Creighton, who had a big win last night. So they might move up onto the 10 line. North Carolina, Miami, Wake Forest, or I'm sorry, excuse me, Ohio State, uh, or Miami, a team like that. That's kind of where we're... Michigan could be at right now, at least in, in Lenardi's bracket. And then you look at Michigan State uh, before the loss. They were a seven seed in Lenardi's bracket with the arrow not going up or down. I believe that after that loss and how bad Michigan beat them, even though it was a Chrysler Center, that could be, uh, you know, to an eight with the arrow going down, which would put Michigan State in an eight-nine matchup against a team like Boise State, TCU, Seton Hall, uh, Wyoming to name some, Notre Dame, Murray State, Colorado State Xavier. That's kind of where they're at in the Lenardi bracket. Hopefully we'll have a, a full update from that uh, for the Fantastic Friday show coming up tomorrow. But Jerry Palm for CBS did update his bracket early on Thursday morning, and he's got Michigan currently in the first four, playing Memphis as an 11 seed. So you look at Michigan as one of his last four teams in. Lenardi has always said, and, and we, we know this time of year, you know, there's going to be multiple different bracketologists and multiple multiple different, you know, thought processes. What matters is the committee. Obviously, that's the most important thing. But I think just, this is not because, uh, you know, I think Jerry Palm isn't as good or some of these other bracketologists aren't as good. I just, Lenardi's the best to me and really has always seemed to have his, his, his hand on the pulse. Rarely is wrong about certain big situations like whether a Michigan would be a first four team or not or what teams are, you know, on the bubble in the last four in or the last four buys. I just have seen the track record of Lenardi be a little better. That being said, there is that kind of range where a team like Michigan still has work to do. And, you know, I I think the the win against Michigan State and a win in the Big Ten tournament in their opening game would be enough. But Michigan does still have teams 
to play, like Iowa and Ohio State. Both those teams currently are ahead of Michigan. And Lenardi said this going back about a week or so ago, that as long as the Wolverines don't lose to a team that is below them, and Rutgers could have been looked at as one of those teams, but Michigan beat them. The Spartans maybe could have been looked at as one of those teams, but I believe after the Michigan State win over Purdue, that the Spartans were ahead of the Wolverines. So Michigan beat them, doesn't matter anyway. Iowa and Ohio State, as it stands now, definitely are both ahead of Michigan, whether it's in net rankings, whether it's in overall ranking, whether it's in the eye test, quad one wins, you know, uh, the actual rankings of the polls, which don't really mean as much. So that's all out there for you. And that's why, you know, you're going to see a little disparity in some of these bracketologists. But right now, you look at Michigan as a last four team in, an 11th seed in the first four. That's where they're after their win over Michigan State. Uh, if they win one of these last two regular season games, Michigan's definitely going to move off that first four line and fully into the tournament. Uh, Michigan State right now in Jerry Pond's bracket is a seven seed. A seven seed. And remember, we as, as I mentioned, that is where Joe Lenardi had Michigan State before their loss, I think they might be moving off that line, uh, you know, based on just what they've done recently, losing 5-7, you know, big win over Purdue, and of course, uh, you know, they've they played a, a decent game uh, against Michigan at the start until it really got out of hand. Uh, I mean, it's not like Michigan State was getting blown out from the second the game started. It was that run in the middle part of the first half that really kind of, you know, changed things for the Spartans. But when you look at Michigan State, you know, losses at Rutgers, loss at home to Wisconsin, pretty bad in the end. They did beat Indiana, then lost three in a row. The Penn State loss was by far the worst. Lost to Illinois at Breslin, and then lost on the road by 26 to Iowa. Those five of six games where they lost five of six, really not good stuff in, in much of that. I mean, yeah, it was a a close loss to Penn State and a close loss in a way uh, to, to Wisconsin, but those teams kind of dominated when it mattered most. They lost by 19 to Rutgers. 19. And then, of course, the big win for them uh, against Purdue. And then, the you know, the bad loss. Not a bad loss overall, just the bad loss by points, 17 points to Michigan. And they've got Ohio State. And that game comes up tonight at, at Ohio State. If Michigan State loses that, that's seven losses in nine games if they lose that. Seven losses in nine games and they'll close the regular season of the Big Ten at Maryland on Sunday, a 4.30 game on CBS. I mean, I, like I've said for a while now, Michigan State, to me, is not in trouble of missing the tournament. But they're not going to be a seven seed if they lose to Ohio State, if they lost to Maryland, let's say they lost their first Big Ten tournament game. They could end up being closer to the, you know, the first four than being a seven or an eight seed. But Michigan State still has good numbers from earlier in the season. Played some very good basketball in the non-conference. They beat Connecticut, who is likely going to be a tournament team. You know, they beat a, a decent loyal Chicago team. Uh, they lost to Baylor, a pretty bad loss to Baylor. Uh, but Baylor, one of the better teams in the country. Uh, and then, you know, really kind of started the Big Ten season off decently. Beat Michigan pretty badly, beat Wisconsin. Uh, but then it really just kind of got worse and worse as things have gone on. I mean, this, this Spartan team was looking like one of the top five or ten teams in the country. Uh, maybe not talent-wise, but based on the way they were playing, and things have really gone by the wayside. They lose to Ohio State, which is, of course, the top 25 team. That still would be seven losses in their last nine games. Only wins over Indiana at the Braz, and then that walk-off win uh, with the Walker 3 against Purdue uh, last week. So this is a very, very uh, big and important couple-game stretch for the Michigan State Spartans. 
uh, after they lost to Michigan on Tuesday night. And, you know, you look at Lenardi, as I mentioned, as it was a seven seed. Uh, so does Jerry Palm. But that's, you know, Lenardi isn't updated after the Michigan loss. Palm still has him as a seven seed, playing in Fort Worth against Wyoming. I just think that Michigan State, after that loss, is definitely an eight or a nine. They lose to Ohio State, they're definitely going to be an eight or a nine. And dare I say, could they get to a 10 on the 10 line? Uh, but still a lot of way, long way to go. Big 10 tournament coming up next week. So uh, a lot of teams can, you know, do some very good things for themselves. A lot of teams can obviously hurt themselves. And teams like Michigan still maybe have some work to do. Uh, of course, at least winning a game in the Big Ten tournament to get in to the big dance. I think with that win over Michigan State, even if Michigan lost to Iowa and on the road to the Buckeyes, they still will get in if they win their first round game against a very inferior opponent, a team like Nebraska or Northwestern or something like that in the Big Ten tournament. So we'll see how that goes coming up next week. So there's your update up to the second uh, when it comes to the bracketology. And, you know, once again, just a guy. These guys do this for a living. And I respect guys like Nari and Jerry Palm and others. Uh, but no, it, it's it's not a perfect science. There are mistakes that are made. Uh, I just think the Big Ten is a real chance of getting nine teams in. Nine teams in uh, for the Big Ten, which would be just incredible. Clearly the best metrics when it comes to overall net rankings and quad one wins. Just the, you know, the eye test when it comes to the Big Ten overall this season in college basketball. We will take a trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. That comes up next right here on the Throwdown Thursday edition of the Detroit CityCast. Presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. And away we go. It's a trip straight to the Motown betting window here on this Throwdown Thursday edition of the Detroit City Cast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. And I just want to start with this. Uh, you know, I'm a big golf guy. I've been giving you some golf picks uh, the last several weeks. We have three outright winners in the last five. And I talked to you about Rory McElroy. And Rory McElroy is leading the Bay Hill Invitational. Uh, also have plays on Keith Mitchell as well and Luke List, who's not doing very well. Uh, but Rory McIlroy was my main play in the Bay Hill Invitational. I'm telling you, golf betting is the truth. And I'll continue to give you plays on that. Uh, and I post them on, on my Twitter as well a lot on Dan Leach 971 Just to let you know where I'm at uh, with the rest of this stuff, because there's two tournaments. Uh, also, in the Puerto Rico Open, uh, have uh, outrights on Matt Every. Just 320 to 1. Matt Every's hanging in, actually. Uh, my $20 wager would pay $6,420. Kevin Chappell and Bryce Garnett as well. I did a bunch of parlays where I, I mean, these are so tar- hard to hit, but I did $2 parlays with the winner of the Bay Hill and the winner of the Puerto Rico Open. And if I hit them, I mean, the payouts are absurd. Just to give you an example, I mean, these are like the lower, you know, futures favorites. Like, I have much larger ones we'll get to in a second. But Rory and Kev- Kevin Chappell, for example, a $2 parlay pays $1,176. Mitchell and Chapel pays $3,528 on two bucks. But how about this? Keith Mitchell and Matt Every, $2 pays $26,000. How about this one? Uh, you've got Every and Max Homa, who's another one of my picks for the bail, $2 parlay, 
pays $30,000. So obviously those are, I'm not going to call them throwaway bets because I've never, I've never betting on, uh, you know, wanting to throw away, but sometimes you got to take some crazy chances. And I did do a bunch of $2 parlays with the two winners. One other one, Matt Every and Luke List. Looks like Luke List is not going to be doing anything for me. Uh, $2 pays $48,700. Just unbelievable. So, of course, you could bet uh, the golf live throughout the tournament. They've got that at Bet Rivers right now. Rory McIlroy is the favorite at 2-1. to one. Billy Horschel, 12-1, to one, along with Sun J.M. And then Will Zalatoris, who had a nice opening round. He is 14-1. to one. You can always bet those throughout the uh, the tournament over the next few days uh, at Arnold Palmer's golf tournament down there at Bay Hill in Florida. Let's take a look at the spreads where we're at right now with our local teams. We'll start with that Michigan State-Ohio State game. The Buckeyes, six-point favorites right now at Bet Rivers. There's been a lot of movement on Ohio State. Majority of the tickets and money on Ohio State. Uh, right now, they're minus six, minus 110. Spartans plus six, minus 109. Uh, Ohio State minus 250 on the money line. The comeback for Michigan State is plus 205. Uh, also, the Buckeyes, or excuse me, the Spartans and Buckeyes, total uh, 139 over, minus 112 under, minus 108. And for me in this game, I don't have a play on this, but I'll give you a couple leans. I lean on the under in this game. I think this is actually going to be a lower-scoring game. Uh, you know, the kind of where the, the total is right now and where you look at their both teams' pace, you know, it looks like it should be around the 140s. I think this is going to be kind of a, a stretched-out, Possession type game because of Michigan State and the struggles they have had. I don't think Ohio State's going to race away with this per se. It's going to be more longer possessions. So I, I have a, a small lean on the under. I know that the you know the, the the money and the sharp seem to be on the over one thirty nine. But as far as the the spread goes, you know it's it's the numbers right where it should be because Michigan State's been struggling. But six points is a lot, and this is what I said against Purdue. I thought Purdue would win that game against Michigan State, but the fact that it was in the Breslin Center, you know, that State could keep it close enough, they could get a, a cover in the end, one-two possession game. I feel the same way tonight. I think Michigan State, uh, you know, could this game be a blowout? Absolutely. This is a, a, completely a lean. This is not, uh, you know, a full play or even a half unit play for me. Just a lean if you're looking to have some action on the game tonight. I would, I would take the six on Michigan State, minus 109. Definitely not like a... You know, a bet I feel great about because Michigan State's been playing, you know, pretty bad basketball for the majority of the last eight games, nine games. But I just, this game seems like it's going to be close to me. The Spartans' defense will be good enough and they can lose this game by three, four, five points and you still cover the bet. So the lean is Spartans plus six and the under 139, but not an official play there. By the way, don't forget to log in every Thursday uh, on Bet Rivers, like today, for a 20% NCAA profit boost. They're going to be doing a lot of that next week. Uh, every day, a special boost when it comes to the conference tournaments uh, starting the on Monday and then going out throughout the week uh, on Bet Rivers. So check that out as well. Pist- Pistons, they are back at it. Played some better basketball. Remember, nice win over Charlotte. And, uh, we, you know, a, a Pistons team that almost had a, a double-digit point spread, uh, you know, getting almost 10 points against Charlotte to beat Cleveland last week as well. Now they're playing the Raptors uh, in Toronto. And the spread right now, at Bet Rivers is Raptors minus nine, uh, minus one ten both ways, and it's interesting to me because this is one of these things where you know the Raptors clearly a much better team, thirty four and twenty seven Pistons just with fifteen wins. By the way, injury wise, Frank Jackson, Diallo, and Bagley like they were for the last game for Detroit, uh, a game time decision. Uh, but it looks like Fred Van Fleet might not be able to go. He was he missed the last game. He's a game time decision. So is Thaddeus Young. Uh, and, and Wilson and, and Ottawa are both out 
for Toronto. Uh, another lead for me, not an official play, but uh, the Pistons playing much better basketball as of late. I think Cade and Bay and this kind of you know synergy you're seeing now uh, for this young team. Nine's a lot of points. And I have a really uh, sharp handicapper friend of mine that does a lot of uh, great stuff with the NBA. And an early play for him was Pistons plus nine. The, the line is still where it's at. A lot of times, uh, some of my sharp handicapper friends will get me these plays or make these plays early in the morning. And Pistons plus nine goes down to seven or six and a half or you know seven and a half. The line is kind of where it's been at. So uh, that was a strong play for them. And I trust them. So I'm going to give you a small lead on the Pistons plus nine. Money line, Raptors minus 420. Uh, Pistons plus 325. Uh, the comeback and the total is 218.5 over minus 113. Under is minus 109. And there is a trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bat Rivers. And big show tomorrow, Fantastic Friday. My man and the legendary Terry Foster will join us talking all things Michigan, Michigan State. Baseball being delayed. Uh, and, of course, the Lions and their overall number two pick. Will they stay there? Will they trade down? Who would you like there? We'll talk all things Detroit sports with Terry Foster on the Fantastic Friday Show. That's going to do it for us here today, though. Thanks so much for listening. Please continue to rate and subscribe and review and share with your friends. It's been so nice to run into a lot of you in, in public, uh, whether down at the casino or playing poker or, or the LCA the other day when I was in the Pistons game with my family. And people saying they're enjoying the Detroit City cast really means a lot uh, to us here. My great producer, Stephen Jung, and all the folks that make this go. Uh, most importantly, you for listening. So until next time, keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch, and this fine throwdown Thursday. Out. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.